Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half-cubic-foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. That work in the gym, nice bringing that intelligent perspective that takes you above the rim. From the PG, saw the whole court. Now he plays the sideline to observe a report, bringing nothing but fresh interviews while discussing high school, college, and NBA news. So sit back and listen, you will never forget because the Off the Glass podcast is coming up next. So sit back and listen, you will never forget because the Off the Glass podcast is coming up next. So sit back and listen, you will never forget because the Off the Glass podcast is coming up next. Welcome to the Off the Glass podcast. This is your host Z, fan of no team but a lover of basketball. Thanks for joining me today on another great show. I'm bringing you another interview. I'm excited to have this this guy on my podcast. You can follow him on Twitter. His name is Rashad Phillips. He also goes by Yoda, Detroit Mercy graduate, one of the top NCAA scores in history, 2,000 plus points. He does great work with scouting pro, uh, prospects. He works for the Orlando Magic in the um, media department, uh, covering different, you know, like the post-game shows and things of that nature. So wanted to kind of bring on uh, somebody who was high on a, one of our particular prospects this year that's been playing well, Trey Young, who's been playing well since the All-Star break. And just kind of wanted to have him on to bring a different perspective, a very in-depth, informed perspective to the point guard position. So without further ado, my guest, Rashad Phillips. How are you doing this evening? I'm fantastic, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, as we was just talking before we started, you know, we're going to just jump right into it. Um, I was asking mm-hmm. you um, with Trey Young, and let's start there first real quick. His yeah. comp coming yeah. out was Steph Curry. Me personally, I thought it was kind of a lazy comp just because he shot from deep and they both was had the same skin complexion. My comp, I thought, yep. was more like Steve Nash. I thought the, mm-hmm. the passing, the mm-hmm. vision, to be able to read yeah. the pick and roll was next level stuff. And then I thought the shooting, mm-hmm. as far as from range, was just an added bonus. But I really thought his playmaking and his court vision was something that was very special. And I thought it was more comparable to Steve Nash. Your thoughts on Trey Young? Yeah, I just think, uh, you know, again, I agree with you in regards to the, the Steph Curry comparison. Um, I think that was just more of a lazy uh, comparison. I had him more of a Chris Paul, okay. uh, Mike Bibby type of style of player coming out of college, just his ability to pass and score at the same time. And obviously, uh, you know, as a range shot, uh, which, which makes him more dangerous. But, you know, he's, 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 he's played really well thus far. Um, I think a lot of people wrote him off too early. And, and, it, and it's sad when you got – you know, guards entering the league at 19 years old, you can't write a 19-year-old point guard off. You have to allow them time, uh, the proper learning curves to go through to get to where they need to get to. And, and what, right now what we're seeing with Trey Young is exactly what I said he would be, is once he started to figure out the coverages from the defense and, and understand the, his teammates more, that the game will start to come easy to him. And that's what we're seeing right now with him. 
Exactly. And I even made a note, um, and I'm going to record another one on my own, but he had a pass the other day. Now, I want to say it was against, I think they had Minnesota at home where he was able to make a left hand off the dribble, right hook pass to the opposite corner to the shooter. And what mm-hmm. made it even mm-hmm. more impressive, and you will notice as a guard, because I played point guard as well, he had it right in yeah. the shooting pocket. I mean, that kind yeah. of stuff is just, I don't think people really understand sometimes what they're watching is not always the flash, but right. that kind of play in particular right. was just like, whoa, okay. He, for able him to able to see that, but then to put the pass right on the money, yeah. I thought was just super impressive. Yeah, and again, th- those are the things that makes Trey special. And if you really study the tape, um, like I did coming out of college, he made those passes all the time in college. Mm-hmm. I just think that I, I just think the general public got so tied up into the national media where they wasn't able to cover their eyes and look and see for themselves in regards to what he really was. Mm-hmm. Break down Trey Young film. You break down his film what you're going to see is a guy that was making that pass you just talked about all the time. And and so what he's doing now in the NBA is nothing different than what he was doing in Oklahoma and what he was doing in high school. Mm-hmm. He's doing the same thing. This kid hasn't doesn't change his spots. Mm-hmm. And Trey Young hasn't changed at all. And you recently posted on Twitter your interview you did last season going into the draft, last year, excuse me, with mm-hmm. on – Colin Cowherd's show, and you actually had him as high as number one. Me personally, yes. I thought Luka Doncic was the number one prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was mainly, again, some of those things, kind of what you see going on this year with two other prospects. I mentioned to you uh, the guy that plays for uh, Marquette, like a Marcus Howard versus the guy, John Morant, out of Murray State. You know, Morant's size yeah. is just a little bit more, and I kind of thought the same thing with Luka. But with that being said, yeah. um, both of them slipped. In an era where it's obvious if you get dynamic guards or even bigger playmaking type guards like a Doncic, I mean, that's what you Mm kind of want to build your team around. So for them, and I'm not saying Aiden is not going to be good or Bagley's not going to be good, but I thought in particular even with Doncic, if you pair him with De'Aaron Fox in Sacramento, I just thought, wow, that's you have something right there. Yeah, but again, I just think that we jumped the gun too early because Mm -hmm. Sacramento's on their way to the playoffs. Dallas mm. isn't. Oh, obviously, Sacramento made the right choice. Okay. You know, okay. Um, I, I, I don't want to take away what the other rookies mean. You know, like Bagley has really been really good for the Sacramento Kings. He's had multiple games where he's come off the bench and had double-doubles. He fits what they're looking for. And a lot of times with these, these GMs and these presidents of their teams, they know their teams better than we do as fans okay. at the end of the day. Okay. So – they really know they we don't know they could have asked De'Aaron Fox who you want to play with Marvin Bagley or Luka Doncic we don't know that he could have he could have chose said I want to play with Marvin Bagley so we have to understand a lot of times in drafting these players it's all about fit with the other players Mm. even though we may see the player as man this guy is dominant I don't know why they didn't take him but maybe it wasn't the right pairing for him so okay. I believe Luca. I believe Luca is in the right situation. He's with the right team. He's at the right, you know, the right people around him. And I think he's he's shown that he can lead a team and he's doing well. But I don't think necessarily that what Luca's doing in Dallas would translate on another team. 
So okay. I think I think what he's doing right now is exactly what he should be doing in that particular situation. So with that being said, um, in today's game with the, the guard prospects being younger and younger and expected mm-hmm. to step yeah. in and contribute right away, what should teams be doing culturally to help them succeed? And mainly what I was thinking, and we can kind of tackle this in two questions, is look at a D'Angelo Russell, how L.A., for yeah. whatever reason they had, whether it was – getting off the Mozgov contract, maybe they was happy with ball yeah. and kind of thought it was redundant. But yeah. for them to get off him so quickly and then for him in, in a short year, regardless of the injury, he was still an all-star. I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah. And I just kind of want your perspective on how important mm-hmm. it is to have a, a culture where a player can succeed, everything from player development all the way up to the owner. Well, when you look at a team, you know, a franchise like the Lakers, I think, I think the mistake that the Lakers made is that they don't have a development system implemented because okay. they're the Lakers. So I think they made a mistake. Look, draft guys to your franchise that are already that are already prepared and developed. Because the Lakers, they're not the franchise that can wait for a rookie to develop and be good. They're a win right away franchise. Mm-hmm. So I believe D'Angelo Russell and the Lakers, it just wasn't the right pairing at the time because D'Angelo needed time to develop. He only played one season at Ohio State, and the Lakers was looking for him to give them an all-star right out the gate. So it just was a bad mix, and the system wasn't put in place, and D'Angelo needed years to grow, and now he's landed in a place like New Jersey or Brooklyn, and and he's been able to – show exactly what he was going to be, but I don't think the Lakers had time to wait for him to be what he is today. Okay, and with that being said, with the culture, is there one thing that you would like to see um, a team, if they're going to take somebody like that, what would be one thing you think it's in, I know it's a lot, but kind of important that you say, okay, this, we, we really want this guy to succeed. What's the one mm-hmm. thing you think they need across the board to kind of help them in doing that? What the Lakers, you, you, you need a development coach. You need a skills coach. You need somebody that is specifically in your organization to develop the young talent that you drive year in and year out. And I think that's a missing link with a lot of NBA teams is that you're drafted 19, 18, 20-year-olds, and they get to the NBA, and you have nobody there as more of a liaison, so to speak, where – they have that bridge to connect and walk them across that and and help them get ready for the NBA. It's like you draft a guy and you just put him out there on the court. Whether, whether you need a guy where he's developing players that come in. So for an example, if the Lakers would hire me as a development guy, mm-hmm. so when you draft these D'Angelo Russells and these Lonzo Balls, what you do is say, hey, we're going to put him with Rashad and let Rashad develop them as the year goes, and then voila, there you go. You have a development program in place. A lot of NBA teams haven't figured that out yet. So an example would be somebody like a, a guy, Sham guy, that's down in Dallas right now. He's obviously Yes, he's there. a development guy. Right, mm-hmm. okay, okay. So mm-hmm. the Lakers, knowing that then, I thought it was interesting that they continue to take guys like that. But even with that being said um, – you see the guys coming in, and we seem to sometimes different organizations get the comps wrong. Like, I, I've already kind of mentioned Steph Curry, famously the guys that went 
ahead of him in that draft. Why do you think there's so, and I won't say everybody gets it wrong, like I'm perfect, but why do you think there's so sometimes, why do we miss, you know, just make it simple, why do we miss on this sometimes with these prospects? And what I was getting at is the, like the Jay mm-hmm. Morant at Murray State, uh, great mm-hmm. prospect, but I really like the guy Marcus Howard at Marquette. I mean, I've seen them play several times, and I actually watch more NBA than I do college, just being honest, but when I have seen mm-hmm. Mark College play, I've watched Marquette for some reason. They're always on, and they're a very good team. And I look at this guy who's super dominant on the offensive end. I know he might be a little smaller mm-hmm. stature, but why is he on some people's draft board as late second round and on others, he's not even on there at all? You know, why is there so much disparity like that, you think? Well, I, 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 and, I and I hate to say this because I, I don't agree with it, but this is just what it is. People, a lot of these NBA organizations, they don't really like small guys. And that's, it's always been that way. You know, it's like there's so many guys out there that are 5'11", 5'10", 6' foot that can really play, play the game at a high level, like a Marcus Howard. But they don't like guys small. You know, and when you look at a guy like John Morant, you know, he's thin, he's only about 6'1", 6'2", but the guy has a 47-inch vertical. <laughs> right. So it's like, it's it's more like they're more intrigued with the athleticism over the actual skill. And a lot of times, uh, teams, they bomb out because they draft the athlete, the athlete over the skill player. And I just think Marcus Howard is just a, a, a fantastic scorer. Um, he's a guy that I think needs to show more playmaking ability because in the NBA, a team is not going to ask a five eleven dude to score thirty points a game. Right. And I think this is what this is what separates Trey from everybody else, and this is what separates Morant from everybody else because these guys are high high assist guys as well. You know, so Trey led the nation in assists. Right, that gets a lot of people. Yeah, they forget. A lot of people forget that. Yeah, you know, like, and Morant leads the nation in assists. So, if you had Marcus Howard leading or second or third in the nation in assists, then the story would be different. So he's left that to be desired. So NBA teams are going to nitpick his game and say, "Well, he can score, but can he make other people better?" That's going to always be the question about him. So you couldn't, you can't have that question about Morant. He leads the nation in assists. You couldn't have it about Trey, led the nation in assists. You see what I'm saying? So it becomes that type of repetitive question mark for little guys that don't have those assist numbers. And it's, I just thought about that because he's fronting my mind because you brought him up, Chris Paul is the same type of comp. I mean, obviously, he's filled into his body as he's matured and become a grown yeah. man. But he's yeah. the same type of comp. I don't think he's 5'10". He might be a little bit smaller. Maybe he is. But the same right. kind of guy who can obviously score the ball, but he was known for more, okay, he can play make as well. So we have facilitate. a spot for him. He can mm-hmm. facilitate. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. the way I look at it, um, I just feel like the NBA is just full of guys that's elite at different things. So whether it's like a... Mm-hmm. Montrez Harrell, who just is just going to outwork yes. you, um, yep, or somebody that can knock down shots like a Bullock that plays for the Lakers right now. I just look at Howard yep. and say, okay, the easiest comp would be like a Isaiah Thomas. Um, I mean, we've seen mm-hmm. these kind of mm-hmm. guys, and when they have a chance, even somebody like Nate Robinson that had a short run who can come in 
and really do something really well. And I guess the point I'm saying is I don't think he's necessarily a lottery pick because of the points you've made, but to not be on a lot of the draft boards, I think is really crazy as well. Um, but switching gears real quick, yep. um, got to tackle this Markel Fultz situation. Uh, I did a whole mm-hmm. pod on it. Just been one of the more fascinating things. I mean, I had to go back, and I, I haven't done it recently, but I did it like three times this year just to look at his YouTube highlights in Washington. And just, I mean, a phenomenal mm-hmm. prospect, unbelievable player. I just thought he was going to really be good. We've heard all the stories, the r- reports, mm-hmm. the rumors. What is your take yeah. on Fultz, especially now that he's down there or in Orlando? What was you kind of seeing from afar that – you know, that you that you liked or things you thought that, hey, he's missing this or he needs somebody to kind of do this? What did you think of the whole situation? I wasn't, you know, him coming out of college, I wasn't real high on Markel folks coming out of college. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I wasn't because, I mean, I know he could he, he was a terrific scorer, led the Pac-12 in scoring, but he was, you know, they were an eight-win team in Washington. Yes, they You know, was. they only won eight games in college. So I was like, for me – it's like my, my coach used to always tell me this, and this has always stuck with me. Every team has a leading scorer. Every team. Whether, whether you're winning or you're losing, every team has a leading scorer. And I just think at that particular time, Markel Folks fell under that, where they got eight wins and he's the leading scorer on a bad team. But when I dug deeper into his tape, I started to see more ability from him, and I started to like him, but I didn't like him as the number one pick. Okay. I just didn't think that he was a number one pick. Did I think he was a first rounder? Absolutely. It was kind of like I had the same type of evaluation on Markel Folks that I had for Luka Doncic. Like I didn't think I didn't think Luka was a number one pick, but I also I also didn't think that uh, he I didn't think he was a number one pick, but he was a first round pick. You see what I'm saying? Yes. And so. With Markel Folks, I'm like, yeah, I would draft him 11, 12, 13, but I wouldn't draft him one. So I, I think the change of scenery here in Orlando is going to serve him well. I think now that he's had a little bit of humbleness to himself, I think that's going to make him hungry, and I'm excited to see what he's going to bring to the table next year. I, I agree with that. I will say this, though, in Folks, I agree with you with the A-winning teams because I always said from this, in my perspective, that if your point guard is leading you in scoring and shot attempts, I got to say shot attempts because he could lead you in scoring. Yep. But if he's leading you in scoring and shot attempts, in my experience, nine times out of ten, that's not a really good team like that. Because if your point guard is taking all the shots, then who else is he getting involved? But with Fultz, yeah, I thought the offense was so crazy how they had the two big guys out there on, on the court sometimes yep. clogging up the lane. So I'm kind of like – how much is this really on him? Is this really just a combination of everything in between? But I think it goes yeah, back I to, agree. to your point, though, with the, the player development guy. Philly couldn't wait on him anymore because of no. Simmons and Embiid. No. And, you know, we'll obviously never know the true story of everything. But obviously, and I don't, I don't know if you agree or not, but it was something <laughs> mental as well going on. I mean, the kid just looked, just looked broken. I mean, I just never remember seeing anything like that. It's one thing to have a shoulder injury and your shot be off, but it just looked like everything, like he had never played basketball before. So I'm hoping you're right. I hope he has a a, a fresh start here in Orlando. Um, Rashad, I appreciate your time. Um, I'd love to have you on again as the you know the tournament starts going so we can really delve into the sure. NCAA. Um, like I said, I'm a sure. fan of your work. 
people, please Thank go you. check them out. I'm going to give Rashad a second. Can you, you could go ahead and plug your stuff so people know where to find you. Great, you know, great intellectual content. That's what I love about you. You do really, really, I mean, really good work. So can you let people know Thank where you. they can find you at? Yes, you can find me on, on Twitter, RP3Natural. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Rashad Phillips, RP3. And you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, um, Sports Talk 2319. All right, Rashad, we're going to be doing all that again. Thank you for your time. This is going to bring another episode of the Off the Glass podcast to a close. Make sure to follow me on all your social media outlets, Zach at the Off the Glass on Twitter, Zach Off the Glass podcast on Instagram, the website, www.offtheglasspodcast.com as we can find the blogs and the links to the podcast. That'll bring this episode to a close. Everybody have a good day. Be safe out there. Peace. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half cubic foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one one-and-a-half cubic foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii.